One Denver Broncos rookie player took home AFC Defensive Player of the Week honors early on this week, not to mention the Broncos expected to get some guys back at practice day who sat out of Wednesday's practice, not to mention. We take a look at the Broncos defensive backfield against Kansas City's wide receiving trio that is contributing big time numbers. And then we switch it and we go with the Broncos wide receivers against the Kansas City Chiefs secondary. We break down all the matchups and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day when you get in your car to go to work. Turn on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. If you want to watch us, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the action. And you can also get us free and available everywhere. You get your podcast from the South Stands to the End Zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us cover the Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. So, Sarah, my friend, hey, look, it is uh, great to see you here once again. The Broncos, they're now preparing for that Sunday night showdown. We were just talking about it before the show. It's going to be so nice on Sunday to just to be able to sleep in, maybe wake up, watch Red Zone all day, and then prepare for Sunday night football to have that time off. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great, Cody. Once you mentioned that, man, I started looking forward to it myself. You know, I, I'm usually at church on Sunday mornings. This week, I got the weekend off. And uh, so I'm just going to go. I'm going to go attend. I might grab a cinnamon roll somewhere. Who knows? I, I mean, the, the options are endless <laughs> on this day. I mean, what can we not do on a Sunday where the Broncos don't play before 7.20 p.m. my time, 6.20 Mountain? But it's going to be a fun day, man. I can't wait. And, uh, I, I, you know, we don't get to enjoy many weeks like this. I know we just had the bye week, but it's different. Now we get the Broncos to cap the night of football off. So it's the best. Uh, it's prime time action. And that's what we I think Broncos fans want. I remember when the season schedule got announced initially, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, the Broncos, they only have one primetime game. What the heck's going on? And then everyone's like, oh, I don't want the Broncos to have primetime game. I've got some Broncos fans here on the YouTube comment. They're like, I'm ready to be heard again. So here's the deal. Broncos <laughs> country, we talked about it. I thought Sarah had a, a had fantastic insight in the lockdown Broncos, lockdown Chiefs crossover episode. The Broncos trying to break that streak, right? A losing 11 straight games. It's something you have to overcome. But before we get into kind of the details of the matchup here, where we look at the Broncos defensive backfield against Casey's wide receivers, then we'll flip it a little bit later on the show. Sarah, we got some good Broncos news here, and obviously we didn't get a chance to touch on it due to the crossover yesterday, but Patrick Sertan named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week for his performance against the Los Angeles Chargers. Two interceptions, pass breakups, helping out in tackling, and a key breakup as well on a two-point conversion attempt, covering Keenan Allen. Going back and watching the film, Sarah, he stood out in such a big way, and so nice to see him take home this honor and just seeing Ronald Darby mic'd up and seeing everybody just talk about Patrick Sertan, man, I tell you what, just continues to strike gold and, and continues to play really well for this Broncos football team. He does, and I'll tell you what, if he continues to play like he did against the Chargers, man, he might be taking home some more hardware as the season progresses. I know that Micah Parsons has been exceptional for the Dallas Cowboys, and he obviously gets a lot of national publicity because he plays for them, but man, Patrick Sertan the second is certainly making a case and making his bid for that defensive rookie of the year. He certainly deserves, you know, at least some nominations and some votes. 
I don't know if he'll end up winning the award. I mean, Parsons has done a tremendous job this season. Like I said, he's been really, really good for Dallas. But, man, Sertan has been exactly as we hoped and then some. You know, he's really been excellent at what he is supposed to do out there, which shut down his side of the field, just play with great technique all the time, play fast, be instinctive. He really does it all. I saw a tweet on Twitter that somebody shared Jalen Ramsey's rookie season stats, and Patrick Sertan halfway through the season has already exceeded those and has more interceptions and more touchdowns than Jalen Ramsey did. Not to compare the two. I mean, obviously, Jalen Ramsey's a fantastic cover corner, but Patrick Sertan has the potential there. Sir, you know, I think one thing that can really help, right, when you look at where Micah Parsons is playing from the edge, also an inside linebacker, his main thing is that he's getting sacks, right? That's going to be the thing that helps him out. For Patrick Sertan, if he can keep getting interceptions, look, if he has, I think, in my opinion, sir, throughout the season, if he gets two more pick sixes or one or two, and if he has a couple more interceptions, or if there's just something that he does it just stands out, especially in primetime. What better way than this week, Sarah, against the Chiefs in primetime action against really good wide receivers to maybe make a stake for defensive rookie of the year honors there by playing well, maybe forcing a turnover, pick six against Patrick Mahomes. I'm here for it. I know Broncos country's yes. here for it. But obviously, congratulations here to Patrick Sertan, the second, taking home AFC Defensive Player of the Week for last week. But now, Sarah, some other good news for this Broncos football team. They're getting some guys back on Thursday here today. And Garrett Bulls is one of those players who made his return to the Broncos team facility, obviously coming off of COVID. And he was asked an interesting question. Vic Fangio was on Wednesday. Well, how's his ankle? And Vic had said, well, hey, you know, if he didn't come up with COVID, he would have played last week against the Los Angeles Chargers. So nothing to really worry about there. The question is, right, we've seen it in the NFL. You come back from a pot, you know, from being testing positive and you're negative, And all of a sudden, what if you get another positive? Right. It just completely shuts everything out. So hopefully, hopefully the Broncos aren't hit with COVID anymore. It's definitely impacted them and various other teams around the NFL. But Garibald isn't the only player expected back at practice on Thursday. Shelby Harris. Uh, Eric Sauber, who's dealing with an ankle injury, Melvin Gordon dealing with a hip and a shoulder, and then Dalton Reiser dealing with that back are expected to be back Thursday's practice at the UCL Training Center in Eagleton, Colorado. How big are these four players here? When we talk about Shelby Harris, Sauber, Melvin Gordon, Dalton Reiser, I guess we can add a fifth there with Garrett Bowles returning. How big is this for the Broncos ahead of Sunday's game? I think it's really huge, Cody. I feel like you, know, you want to have a full complement on your roster as much as you possibly can, especially, what are we? We're week 13 in the NFL season right now. So, man, the Broncos have to be as healthy as they can possibly get in order to have a chance at beating the Chiefs. And so I feel like getting these guys back is critical. It's it's really big on both sides of the ball. You talk about having your starting five offensive line pretty much. I mean, without Graham Glasgow, obviously, who's out for the season. But Quinn Miners, we all feel like he's going to be the starter for the long term. So you get your, your starting five for 2021 and beyond out there on the offensive line. You get your full defensive line back out there. Shelby Harris, we know he can make plays, you know, batting passes at the line of scrimmage and doing those types of chasing Tyreek like, Hill down like last yeah, year. Yeah. He's got, I mean, he might be the fastest player on the field in this game. I mean, that was, I almost forgot about that. Cody, thanks for reminding me. We need to have a fully healthy Shelby Harris because we need to be able to track down Tyreek Hill. So it's big all around. Uh, I'm excited about it. And obviously having him back can definitely help out and, and really, you know, major shout out to McTelvin Aguim uh, and other guys, Deshaun Williams stepping up last week against the chargers. I still think you got to get those guys in the rotation this week. 
Now, granted, depending on who you're bringing into this matchup, I expect the Broncos have a lot more DBs this week than they have probably in other matchups this season. So is this one of those weeks where we do see McTelvin a game deactivated, not on the active list? I, I, I hate seeing that. I know you do as well, Sarah, but we'll just leave it at that. And Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, Sarah and myself, we're going to talk about the Broncos defensive backfield against the Kansas City wide receivers, a, little, a look at some interesting statistics and obviously some key matchups. What can the Broncos do in the secondary to help make Patrick Mahomes' life a little bit more miserable on Sunday? We get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about one of the sponsors today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. A good friends over there at Boost Mobile. And you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. And because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes and the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all with the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all the knowledge that you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out today and get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile, free phone limited to new customers and one per line additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere or for all phones or networks. See BoostMobile.com for details today. And our good friends over there at Bill Barley Gym on the holiday season, grab a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. And that's Bill Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich and decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low calories and sugar, net carbs and fat and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy today with so many different flavors, peanut butter brownie being my clutch flavor sarah what is one of the flavors that you like the most cody you know i just got my hands on these lemon cheesecake ones the puffs which the puffs are my favorite i've never had a protein bar like it before so i'm super in on the lemon cheesecake i've had i tried a number of the puffs too and the mint chocolate one is really really good for those of you who are into milk chocolate and i just ordered two boxes because who knows how long they're (laughs) going to have them cody of the white chocolate cheesecake which was my nickname on the basketball court back in high school white chocolate cheesecake no, but I, I love I truly do love all the puffs, man. They they seriously are really good for those who think that Cody and I just talk about these bars. That's not the case. I mean, we actually like them. I've got some of my family members in on them. They're really good. Built Bar also gives you the extra fuel that you need to power through a workout, power through your day. Sometimes I have one before I do the podcast. If I'm just grinding out in the morning, I have a lot of times I sit at my desk a lot. So I need a Built Bar to give me some extra boost to power through the day or through my workout. And like we mentioned, it is the healthiest protein bar that is out there on the market today. You can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order today. Once again, promo code LOCK15. Get you 15% off at Built. Dot com. All right, so jumping to the second half action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Just a reminder, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day, especially as you get ready to head to work in the mornings. Always take Lockdown Broncos with you. Sarah and I, we keep you up to date on what's going on with the Denver Broncos, the team that you root for on Sundays. Thank you so much. Make sure you're also subscribed if you're not already doing so already on your favorite podcast and right over here on YouTube. But Sarah, my friend, let's talk about one of the key matchups this week. The spotlight, I think, is going to be on the Broncos secondary, which is more revamped this year than it was last year against the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiving unit that they have. Now, when we look at the overall roster, Patrick Sertan the second, Ronald Darty, who looked going back and watching him on tape, Matt Sarah, he has been nothing short of impressive as well since he came off that injury early on in the season, the hamstring. He's been spectacular. Yes, there was that Raiders game. He gave a big play to Henry Ruggs downfield, but 
He has been very spectacular to watch. Kyle Fuller obviously playing a little bit inside the nickel, but even keeping an eye on Nate Hairston. He might be an under-the-radar player to watch this week mm-hmm. against the Kansas City Chiefs. Keep an eye on him. Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson on the back end. And then obviously in the dime, you're going to have a little bit more Caden Stearns. They're going to have the tough assignment, which is always tough. And when you really look at the Chiefs and how they distribute their offense, obviously at the running backs, they have those guys coming out of the backfield. But Tyreek Hill, you have him, you have McCall Harvey, and you have Travis Kelsey. Tyreek has 932 yards receiving so far on the season. That's a lot, obviously, for where he's at. And obviously, we know his ability to get downfield, get behind defenses, a vertical threat. And also, just on third down, you always have to worry about him because he can catch it at four yards and then take it 16 or 60. It's up, it's completely up to him and how the defense angles that. McCall Harvey, the, you know, the third leading receiver, 424 yards. And then Travis Kelsey at the tight end position. We talked about Baron Browning. But he's also going to line up on the outside sometimes. So that's where we might see Patrick Sertan there he has 821 yards receiving on the season now Sarah in your opinion how can the Broncos secondary thrive this week against this Kansas City Chiefs offense like you said Cody there's a lot of guys who are here this year who weren't here last year right and in that secondary specifically I think you remember when the Broncos lost Super Bowl 48 I've completely erased it from my memory Cody so I don't really remember it but Super Bowl 48 against the Seattle Seahawks they saw what Seattle did in order to beat them in their their vaunted offense that season and John Elway went out in the 2014 offseason and completely just tried to duplicate what he saw from the Seahawks and I feel like in the 2021 offseason the Broncos saw the way the Chiefs were beating them and they thought man there's there's only one way to really beat these guys number one we have to have a bunch of playmakers on offense but also we have to be able to match speed on defense and I think that's one thing that the Broncos can now do I'm not saying the Broncos have anybody who's necessarily as fast as Tyreek Hill but you you put together the combination of speed they've added from Sertan and obviously Ronald Darby on the outside who people we underrate his his speed in particular he's a very fast player in the defensive backfield and then you add Caden Stearns, who obviously, you know, he kind of blew people away with his numbers at the pro day. So you add all this speed to the defense, and then you have those guys playing fast and playing discipline within Vic Fangio's system. I think that's one thing that really plays in the Broncos' favor in this matchup. I'm excited to see how it all pans out because it is going to be a tough test. I mean, don't get me wrong. Patrick Mahomes is enough to deal with as is, but when you factor in the the talent at wide receiver, the speed of Tyreek Hill, the elusiveness of Travis Kelsey from the tight end position. I know Von Miller has a fake nickname for him fake Gronk you know going back to that obviously that's one thing we miss about Von Miller but this is a rivalry you know in every sense of it own you know we talk about Tyreek Hill's speed right well Patrick Sertan as we mentioned got 22 miles per hour clocked on his pick six against the Chargers last week now he's probably not going to be the guy that's going to match up speed for speed with him but you know what I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we see the Broncos kind of mix and match a little bit and try to get Patrick Sertan on Tyreek Hill especially when he lines up on the outside he and Kelsey I expect if they line up on the outside to the defensive left side, so the left cornerback, we're going to see Patrick Sertan on him. I'm a little intrigued, though, about Kyle Fuller, right? We've talked about kind of his struggles inside the nickel coverage-wise, whether it be zone coverage, whether it be man. And the Broncos last week against the Chargers, they ran a lot of zone coverage, and they really just rushed their four primary guys. And I thought that the pressure actually did pretty good at getting to Justin Herbert. My question is, can you do that against Patrick Mahomes, right? Because he can hurt you on the inside. He can hurt you on the outside as well. He's more mobile than Justin Herbert is. So this is a different dynamic this week, and not to mention with his elusiveness and how often he spins backside, spins back around. It, it, you have to cover longer. And I think that the Broncos have a secondary here. This might be the best secondary that the Chiefs face all season long, but the Broncos have to show up in this game. So that's one thing I'm looking at. Now, an interesting statistic here, Sarah, I wanted to point out that maybe 
bodes well for where the Broncos are at defensively, especially in the secondary. Now, despite the Chiefs playing well and winning the last four straight games, Kansas City offensively, they are ranked 31st in the NFL, second to last in total giveaways. So you want to try to force them to you know, throw the ball into tight windows. I think for where Patrick Sertan is at, he baited Justin Herbert perfectly last week on the one interception where a pass was intended for Jared Cook. Can you get away with that against Patrick Holmes? You might have to. I mean, a, a test him, but don't be overly aggressive to the point where you burn yourself. That's something the Broncos have to avoid. But the key here, Sarah, this secondary, the coverage has to be really tight on third down, especially because Kansas City, they're the number one offense in the NFL on third down converting. Look at this number here, 51.5% third down conversions. And that's even on third and long situations. You want to know why? Yeah. Because of Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. Patrick Holmes scrambling, keeping plays alive. This is going to be a huge test for this Broncos defense it is and I was talking on the crossover episode about this too Cody just the fact that you know you might have good coverage that holds up initially against the Kansas City Chiefs but if your pass rush isn't getting home the Chiefs really kill opposing teams on that scramble drill that's where I feel Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are at their most dangerous is working back to the ball or like we see a lot of times Tyreek Hill will just take off upfield and for whatever reason nobody stays back there but and then Mahomes is just able to easily flick it to him it's it's out of the structure of play where I feel like the Broncos have been burned a lot. And a lot of teams, frankly, get burned by the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes specifically because he sees the field so well after the play breaks down. I know a lot has been made about his comments about not being able to read defenses and all that type of stuff. But in all honesty, you know, it, he doesn't really need to do a lot of that because if his first couple reads aren't there, he can break the contain from that pocket and, and avoid pressure. Like you said, he, he, he is the best in the NFL, in my opinion, at that while keeping his eyes downfield on those two guys in particular it's it's always Kelsey and Hill deep downfield who are finding ways to get open on the scramble drill which I know we've talked to Tim Jenkins a lot about and and I feel like the Chiefs really set the bar high in that area and that's where Travis Kelsey makes a lot of his yards after catch because he just he finds those holes and he gets downfield so the Broncos have to stay disciplined if the pass rush doesn't, doesn't get home they have to stay on those guys and make sure they don't let them get behind the defense for big gains on those uh, plays that break down initially. Well, and we're going to flip the script coming up here in just a moment. We're going to talk about the Broncos wide receivers, how they can attack Kansas City's defensive backfield, and how they have to remain disciplined as well as an offensive unit in order to have success. As Teddy Bridgewater said, the Broncos had to put up points. This is a game. They have to put up points against the Chiefs. We'll see how they're going to make that happen. Coming up here in just a moment, but ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about BetOnline.ag, one of the other sponsors of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues continues its march towards the playoffs and BetOnline remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. You can head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus today from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Sarah, as we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, just a mile-high salute here once again to Broncos country. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts for a brief moment, I just want to ask you something. It would mean the world to both Sarah and myself if you would go to Apple Podcasts, and if you love the show, leave us a five-star review. Tell us why you tune in every single day. We'll give you a shout-out here on the podcast. Appreciate your support endlessly here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on your favorite podcasting app. We have you covered every single day, all year long. 
long. And we're also going to be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos. Keys to victory, players to watch, you know, the usual stuff you get from Sarah and I here on the podcast as we prepare for game week, Sunday night football, the Broncos traveling to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Sarah, getting into a little bit of this discussion here about the Broncos wide receiving core against the Kansas City Chiefs defensive backfield. I wanted to point out some interesting numbers here about the Chiefs. Maybe the Broncos can exploit it. But going back to Teddy Bridgewater's press conference on Wednesday, he said this is a game where you have to put up points. How are the Broncos going to do that? Well, I think you have to have that balance in the run game, right? And we'll talk about this more in our keys to victory and players to watch on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Broncos. But I wanted to point out here that Kansas City, they're allowing 252.7 passing yards per game defensively. That's good for 24th in the National Football League. So they are giving up plays downfield. I would like to see the Broncos come out in this game, kind of similar to last year's Sunday Night Football. And you know what? From the very beginning, take a shot on the outside. Remember Drew Locke throwing that 37-yard pass down the left sideline to Noah Fant? Take a mm-hmm. shot here, whether it be to Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, whether it be to Noah Fant or Albert Okwebunam on the outside. Take a shot here and see if you can get downfield and generate rhythm right away. I felt like if that drive would have ended differently for the Broncos rather than the interception a couple plays afterwards last year, I think the Broncos going to Casey, I think they win that game. So it's a different story, obviously, there, sir. But uh, in your opinion, I mean, looking at Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and, and this wide receiving core, how can the Broncos attack this secondary of Legereus Sneed, Javarius Ward, you know, players that are, you know, they're making plays. They're no, they're no slouches at these positions, but how can they get the advantage here? Well, I think, Cody, for me, it's going to be winning in the short passing game, and they have to be able to neutralize. We know Steve Spagnuolo likes to be aggressive. He likes to come on <laughs> blitzes. We've seen that all throughout his coaching tenure in the NFL. He's been really, and, and frankly, his defenses have been really good at it, and they've done a good job of adjusting on the back end to that. But I feel like the Broncos have just a different level of talent this time around. Last year against Kansas City, we forget the Broncos did have no Cortland Sutton in that game. So obviously Cortland Sutton is a difference maker, whether or not he's getting 10 targets or four targets, he's somebody that the defense really has to account for. And I just feel like the Broncos need to be really effective in the short passing game. I looked back at this game against the Los Angeles chargers, that first drive, we had that really sweet play to Jerry Judy on third and seven, where he kind of went in motion to the right side of the formation. And he just made one move on a guy and got into the middle of the field and he was wide open for seven plus yards. I mean, he got the first down easily. So I feel like there's definitely going to be opportunities for that. You're going up against not necessarily maybe a Baltimore Ravens type of defense, which is obviously like we talked about before, they go cover zero. They blitz you almost all out every single play. But I think we are going to try to see Steve Spagnuolo try to be aggressive against the Broncos, try to really fit those running lanes and try to force the ball into Teddy Bridgewater's hands to make him throw and I think if you can neutralize that with the quick passing game just quick strikes to Jerry Judy this might be the Jerry Judy game Cody and and I feel like there's an opportunity for him to really take advantage because like we've mentioned before Legereus Sneed is a stud but I think the Kansas City secondary leaves quite a bit to be desired at least on paper so I feel like this is an area that Broncos can really take advantage for sure yeah and not to overlook the recent success that they've had they've obviously been playing a lot better in the last four games obviously leading to that stretch there Uh, you know always going back to that Chiefs game against the Packers a few weeks ago where they won 13 to 7. I mean, the Packers defense is pretty legit. Uh, and then you look at Kansas City. Yes, you know what? They didn't even have uh, you know Aaron Rodgers in that game. So you, you go back and you wonder about that one. The Raiders have been so up and down this season. That was a big game where that offense had exploded. But for the defense, those the defense was able to shut down what exactly the Las Vegas Raiders wanted to do. So this is where it's like, which Kansas City Chiefs defense are you going to get, right? Mm-hmm. The ones that give up big play 
players are the ones that are going to get takeaways. And I think a lot of that has to do with the transition and the change to Chris Jones there. So that's going to be something that the Broncos have to figure out. And I think that this is a, a big game where the offensive line has to hold up for Denver. But I like what you said about utilizing a quick passing attack. Why not? Utilize a lot of motion. I thought that Pat Shermer last year against KC on Sunday Night Football, he was in his bag for the most part. He had a really good game, and this was a game where Tim Patrick broke out. I want to see more isolation with Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton in this matchup. But something, too, that's going to be critical in this game, especially for the Broncos, wide receivers, tight ends uh, against Kansas City secondary, is going to be in the red zone because Kansas City right now has a 23rd ranked red zone defense in the NFL, giving up 64.7 completion percentage, conversion percentage inside the red zone. So the Broncos had to find a way to come away with points in those situations. And also another thing too, Kansas City, they're one of the worst teams in the league defensively in terms of yards per play allowed at 6.5. So you know what? A lot of that motion that you're talking about, I'd love to see that. But Sarah, this is going to be a key game here for the Broncos, this wide receiving unit, the coaching staff, just in general. If the Broncos can find a way to come into Sunday's game against Kansas City and sneak away a win or come in and win, I tell you what, Sarah, they might be one of the most dangerous teams in the league if they can be consistent, right? Keywords, if they mm-hmm. can be consistent. I know some people are going to hear that on the podcast. They're going to be like, what are you talking about? That's just my thought. That's my opinion. I respect your opinion if you disagree with me, Broncos country. I mean, certainly that's what we're here for. We're here to have respectful discussion and dialogue. But I do think that if the Broncos can find a way to be consistent, yes, they can be a dangerous team in the National Football League. And a lot of that is going to be predicated on how the offense plays this upcoming week against the Kansas City Chiefs. But Broncos country, thank you so much for taking time. I'm out of your day to listen to both Sarah and myself talk Broncos football to break down all the action of what's going on. Tomorrow's episode of the show, we're going to feature our players to watch, our keys to victory, and you can get involved in the action by sending us a tweet at Cody Work in a film, at Sarah Bettinger at Lockdown. Broncos are in the YouTube comment section as to players that you're watching, your keys to victory. We may share a few on tomorrow's episode of the show. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for supporting Lockdown Broncos. Thank you for making it your first listen of the day. And thank you for watching this on YouTube if you're doing just that. Just a reminder, this podcast is available free and everywhere you get your podcast. Sarah and I will be back tomorrow for a brand new episode, Lock on Broncos.